with learning anything, figure out a way that you can make it fun and interesting. And then you're going to be able to stick with it, even when it's hard, because you're actually interested. In our episode today, we have Catherine Lavery. She quit her full-time architecture job. She found BestSelf.co, which was acquired in 2022, sold over $45 million in DTZ products. She's an entrepreneur, a mom, a creative, and a builder. I find Catherine so inspiring. And from the few times I've interacted with her, I've learned that she's a problem solver and systems lover. She's the perfect guest for our podcast. Let's get practical. Welcome, and it's a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? It's great to be here, finally to connect. I'm great. It's late morning. I wanted to start by asking, what have you accomplished so far this morning? What's your morning routine? I think my, my morning routine since I had a kid is completely different. So today wasn't a good example of a morning routine. My daughter has not been sleeping well in the last few days, so she wakes up at 4 a.m., and then... It sets us back. But typically, what I like to do is get up 30 minutes before she's up so that I can read, adjust, and just be up for a bit without feeling like anyone needs me because I'll be up by myself. And then usually I'll, like, I'll get up and make her As soon as I hear her, I'll, I'll make her breakfast and my wife and I will kind of team up. She'll get her ready and I'll get her stuff ready and then we'll bring her We'll play with her for a bit in the morning and then we usually drop her off 9, 9.30 and pick her up around 3.34, 4.30, depending. She could stay all the way up to 5.30, I think, but I'm usually like ready to pick her up by the end of the day. So that's like about six hours that you have to yourself to freedom. do work. Ultimate freedom. Uh, ultimate freedom. <laughs> I know this is the same for us. And for me, it's the mornings are great, but afternoon... I already know she's coming in three hours or four oh, hours, yeah. and I just cannot do anything. Yeah, it's my so my perfect routine that. is me getting up. This doesn't happen as often anymore just because life, but getting up at 5.36 in the morning and getting two hours of stuff done before she gets up. If I can get up and read and do some writing and feel like I've accomplished something, then I'm generally like winning the day because <laughs> I work best in the morning. But I felt like since having a kid... It just is just like mayhem as far as right. like Dose getting them. up and like getting everything ready and at the door. And I have suffered a little creatively because I don't have that like alone time that I used to. I totally agree with that. And that's what I found fascinating about you. It always feels different from the inside, but from the outside, I feel like you're just creating so much and doing so much. I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to see what it's really like. How are you like juggling all those balls? And I had a couple of things that just going through like your feed and things that you've shared. But one of them I thought was you have a very efficient way of learning how to do things. So I remember back in maybe April, you said, okay, I'm going to learn how to code. And then you were doing this iPod health tracker, all of these things that are like, wow, she just had a baby. She's learning how to code. So if you could walk us through, I'm going to learn this. And how do you tackle this kind of like project to learn something? Yeah. So if you would have told me when I was at school that I would enjoy learning stuff, that this would be me now, I would not believe it. Because I have ADHD. And I think when I'm interested in something, I can learn it. When I have no interest in it, like 
there's just not going to happen. And so when learning like a new skill, I think the best thing is to find something you're actually interested. So say like back when I was growing best self, let's just say I'm always talking about productivity. And then I have other interests that I want to explore. And there's only so long that you want to talk about a certain subject. I find by the end, I didn't want to really talk about it anymore. And instead of managing your time, managing your energy, and like when you are wanting to learn or do something, that's when you're going to be able to learn it because you're actually like interested in it instead of forcing yourself. So like when I was growing up, I played piano and I actually quit at some point because I liked playing piano and I liked learning songs, but the teacher that I had wanted me to do exams all the time and do the grades. And I'm like, I don't care about any of this stuff. And so I ended up quitting. And so I think with learning anything, figure out a way that you can make it fun and interesting. And then you're going to be able to stick with it even when it's hard because you're actually interested. And if you're just trying to do something for, oh, this is going to be a good career move, it's just going to be much more difficult if you can't tie it back to something that you're interested in. And so that's generally how I look at it. And then as far as how to sit down and learn, again, the biggest hurdle is just being actually interested in it yourself. And then like, don't sit down and be like, okay, I have to learn all this and you'll create like a curriculum for yourself. I don't do anything like that. I literally am just like, oh, I'm interested in this thing and I'll just start it. And yeah, I wanted to take you back to that, like to that starting point, because some of the things that you've shared in some of our chat groups, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it's just very, I think, an automatic, intuitive thing. So when you say I'm interested in coding, which I was and still am a little bit, and I'm stuck at the point of I'm really interested in learning this. I don't even know where to start. But I feel like you, you have a way of, okay, let's start here. Like, a very light way of approaching things. So with coding, for example, I think one of my things is like, who is around me who knows how to code and who can maybe give me a couple pointers? Mm -hmm. What is like your step one, two, when you're starting to learn, for example, coding? So I'll look at who has a course on it that I could learn from. So I took Ryan Culp as a course where he walks you through building things, which I like because then you're actually creating something, even if it's not something you're going to, be moving forward with but it's just much easier than go through code academy for learning specific things but i find like replit also did 100 days of code which is really interesting so you just do day one and you'll do one simple thing and you can go through five days in one day it's not like it's um structured that you can't move forward but i think just doing something and like creating momentum for yourself of taking action is what works for me because i like I will look up what's the first step and I will not look up any further because sometimes I'll get overwhelmed and then I'll stop because I'm like, there's all these different languages and how am I really going to get good? Is it any point? And then you overthink and then you stop doing anything. So just do something and then kind of figure it out as you go along instead of getting analysis paralysis over, oh, what's the perfect language to learn? Totally. I I also have ADHD and that's one of my biggest things where... I get so excited and then I get a little hurdle and then I just forget about the excitement and it's just over. I love what you say about creating momentum, like just do a very simple thing. What's the version of doing your bed, right? In coding Mm -hmm. or Python. I love that. Yeah, like I've gotten stuck on that Python and then I'll find someone that solved it. Say it was a hundred days of Python. And then I will just copy what they did 
put it into ChatGPT and be like, okay, here was mine and here, what am I doing wrong? And have it explain it to me so that, yeah, I'm like looking at the answers, but I'm trying to figure out like what I miss so that I can be better next time instead of just yeah, being like stuck I, on like the same amazing. thing. That's like a whole conversation. And I, I found some of the things that you do on ChatGPT, wow, this is like a very creative way. And when I say you love solving problems, systems lover, I think you're very good at on the spot coming up with, oh, could this work? And then you just do it right there. And then what are your top three things that you love doing on ChatGPT, for example? When I was coding, I used it a ton. I pretty much always had it on a side window to like debug something because I'm not like an artist. I'm like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy trying to find the semicolon. It's no, I want to figure <laughs> out. I want to, for me, like learning code is about being able to build things and I don't care how I get there. I So I will use ChatGPT as like a, almost like a coding assistant. So that's one thing. Another thing is just like brainstorming ideas on like so let's say content and I have um 10 different things I'm thinking about I'm trying to tie things together I will totally. use it as an intern to draft emails a lot because I'll get caught up in the minutia of oh I have to email this stupid thing that will literally take me two weeks normally to do a very simple bureaucratic thing so let's just say property tax so I did that with ChatGPT because Texas property tax is insane. And so I'm like, okay, I need to dispute property tax. And so I just had ChatGPT help me like draft the letter to do it. I also was dealing so with this sales tax thing for, from Best Self that's closed up now, but you're just dealing with all these like threads that I will literally like not deal with. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. And this thing I've been like putting off for months took me like 15 minutes. And totally. I like literally had ChatGPT write me this thing. Then I find like an online fax thing for free, faxed it to the state of California and they responded to me in a day. It was insane. Wow. I was like, this is like a cheat code. So if you're someone that is really bad with paperwork, which I am, I'll just create a list of like stuff that I've been putting off and then I'll just do that in like an hour. And then I feel so good about myself because pre-ChatGPT, this would have taken me months and sucked all of the energy out of me. Totally. And after I'd be done with it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like exhausted. Whereas now I'm like, oh my God, this just took care of it for me. And I feel like I got that dopamine hit because I did the things that I said I was going to do and I didn't have to spend weeks doing it. I, oh my God, I cannot agree more because I have the exact same thing. And it's like this email that is, is important but it does not have to be creative. It does not have to be like original. It just has to get done. One of the things that I found, I think you're familiar with it too. Audio pen mm, is a yeah. really great email intern. <laughs> I'll just bombard it with things and I set it up like email, formal email or mm. formal cold email. And I'll just write and ramble and it will draft really nice emails, sometimes even better than ChatGPT. Oh, wow. I have not used audio pen for email but now I'm going to I have used it like where I'll just ramble into it and it'll help me get clear on what is what it is I'm actually saying and then I don't know if I don't like voice memos but people will still leave me them it's aggressive and sometimes I will literally just pull the file over to audio pen and have it oh, like, I didn't know tell me what do to do that. do yeah so a friend like 
left me this three minute message for stuff we were planning and I was like I don't have the attention span for this so I just uploaded it to audio pen and it just gave me the list of basically what it is that we were doing and I'm like great that I did not know you could do that so you can just upload audio files and then you will assist them and do something wow that's and there's so many of these tools that I'm such an audio pen evangelizer like I tell everybody about it I saw it on Twitter like a while ago and then I really like the UI which I think is really important If, if something feels good to use you'll actually use it and then I couldn't find it. People are like, oh, voice pen or something. I'm like, no, that wasn't it. And I was like losing my mind. <laughs> and then I find it again. I'm now, like lifetime, whatever, like we're doing this. And yeah, it's really great as a tool. And then also just to help you just talk into something and it helps you figure out what you, what it is you're trying to say. It's awesome. I probably use that similar amount as to ChatGPT, but it's more deep work than ChatGPT is. To me, it's very personal audio pen because it's almost like an extension of my brain. Yeah. Whereas ChatGPT still feels like this thing that I want to be careful about. (laughs) And I watch out what I write and think about it. But like audio, it's very immediate. You have to do the work, whereas ChatGPT is more like you'll prompt it and it will give you. You tell it what to do, where like the telling what to do is already on the settings. So you just do it. It, it's a, it feels so great. And it's a, it's hard for me to explain it. I just tell them, just use it once. It, there's a free plan. And then yeah. you'll know what I mean. Do you have any other tools that, oh my God, like I swear by, you need to use this? In terms I of use, like apps or? I use Superhuman for email, which I've had it for years. I just like being able to schedule emails that's I know that a lot of stuff you can do in Gmail now. I like the clean interface and just having multiple inboxes in the same thing. Superhuman. I use Notion. I use this thing. This is a random one. It's called JPEG Mini Pro. And it basically will reduce your file size of your images without reducing the quality. And it also will change so I, when you send photos from your phone to your computer if you're on a Mac. It's like that HEIC thing, which I is kind that. of annoying. Whereas you just literally drag them onto this thing and it will convert them to JPEG like right away and save them in the same place. That's really helpful. I'm literally looking at, I use Setup. So do you know what Setup is? No. Setup is like a Mac bundle software thing where you pay 10 bucks a month or something and it has a ton of apps in there. So I'll use a ton of apps within that. So it's Bartender, which is like just organizing your Mac bar and you don't have every single thing open in your computer. I use Hemingway for the writing to simplify writing. I'm literally looking at my computer right now. The script is awesome. I like the transcription. I was helping a friend with some of their contents, like setting up a system for him. And it was like, okay, take the video, pull it into Descript, grab the transcript, and then use that with these prompts in ChatGPT to be able to pull out like a possible title. Oh my God. Because sometimes it's just you're like so either in the weeds or you're not seeing it. And so if you give ChatGPT some specific prompts, it can help you figure out, okay, here's 10 different angles for the same piece of content that I can use. I'm going to post the same video on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram Reels, but I think you get dinged if you have the same caption for all of them. And so I just recently heard that. I have not confirmed it, but this way you can literally just have four or five different captions, descriptions. And have ChatGPT help you come up with them? 
Yeah, like I think the when I said, "Oh my God, Catherine!" Like in ChatGPT, I think you were like, "Okay, I'm gonna train you as like this prompt generator." I think you have a very intuitive way of knowing what you need to do to get to what like the outcome. So, I'm sure a lot of your friends know about this about you. Like they come to you for help for like random things. What are the top two things that people come to you for? Sometimes it's like systems and like creating systems. For a long time, people would come to me when they had a business idea, but they didn't know how to come up with a name for it. And so I had a whole like, I think I have a YouTube video where I was like, "Here's how to come up with a name on a logo in 30 minutes." I would do this method, and now I, like ChatGPT makes it so much easier. So that'd be another thing. And then yeah, I think systems, and I don't even know. I'll get interested in the most random things. Like right now, I'm trying to figure out how do I optimize my life with shortcuts on the iPhone. So it's okay when I drop my kid off at daycare and I'm in this location. Please open Brightwheel so I remember to sign in because I will forget. And it can do that. Yeah. Oh my god. And just so anywhere I see myself stumble as far as what I'm not very good at, which is minutia things. Luckily, my wife's right. really good at taking care of stuff. But I'll be like more big picture, and she'll be more in the weeds. But there's obviously some stuff I have to be in the weeds for. So how do、right. I set up systems for myself as like guardrails? For example, whenever we had Quinn, my daughter, we have two dogs as well, and when and when we had the baby, it's you forget about the dogs, which is terrible. Not forget about them, but we were going on a trip, and this happened two times where I was like going on a trip. And I was like, "Oh shoot, what are we doing with the dogs?" And so now it's basically if I had told my assistant if I'm going on a trip and there's flights booked where myself and my wife are both going, like you need to ask me, or just book the dogs in, or ask me like, "What are you doing with the dogs?" <laughs> <laughs> like really simple things. It's not in my calendar. It's not going to happen. And for like years. My wife would be like, "Oh, this thing." I'm like, "Can you send me a calendar invite?" Which is fine, <laughs> but I'm like, I just won't remember. And I think it's like an ADHD thing. It's it's not personal. I just sometimes forget. So one of the things I struggle with is just like going to the post office or UPS or like returning stuff. And so now I, this is my system: is like when I've decided I'm going to return something. I will just put it back in the box and put it in my car, and that's the end of the system for the day, right? <laughs> and I will drive that boxer on for a few weeks, probably. <laughs> But I have it set up that if I'm close to the UPS, closest to my house or the FedEx, but actually it's usually UPS because that's pretty much always where I'm returning stuff to. It will be like ping me, like, "Do you need to return a package?" And then I'm like, I have been driving these boxes around for a bit. Let me return them, and so that helps me because if I'm already like close to it, I'll go. But I don't want to make a whole trip, and if I'm already like close to my eyes, I'm also not going to go. So I notice in myself when I'm like, I will just be like almost there and then not do it, and so、right. I'm like exactly creating like little systems for myself to keyboard shortcuts that will shortcut. How I will normally do things, which is not do it, and try to make it easier and remove as much friction as possible. And that's, I think, the key is let's remove as much friction as possible so that I'm more likely to do it because I don't have any reason not to. 
It's like a Zapier, but for your life. That's amazing. And when you say, when you talk about this third person, it, or is this like Apple shortcuts? Yeah, it's Apple shortcuts or it's Google Calendar. It depends on what the thing is. For location, if I'm driving here, if I'm yeah. going there. That's what we so, Apple shortcuts. So it was, it's based on location. Yeah, that, that specific shortcut, yeah. Like you could That's do one, insane. let's just say you're going to HEB or a grocery store to buy things, or I'm going to Costco. You could have it set up where I text my wife, oh, do, what do you need anything in Costco? Automatically, oh without God. you doing anything. And we'll have a shared notes file where we'll put stuff in as we think about it. So then next time, like when we go, it's not, because then it's a little stressful for the other person. It's just, oh, geez, they're going right now. I like, I have to put this right, list together. Right. For the most part, it's just like we already have the list ongoing and we're doing like shared notes file for groceries, sitting down on a Sunday and planning the week as far as, okay, who's doing pickup and drop off and what meals are we having this week? For a long time, we would be like stressed because we wouldn't do that like weekly kind of maintenance of, okay, what right. are expectations of each other? So some, so let's just say Emily might have a busy work week where she's like doing all these meetings and I'll be like, okay, I can pick up this and this. Mm -hmm. And I think having that weekly sort of system to like plan things ahead has been really good for us. That's, that's so cool. And I think that this is, these are the things that I'm just by just talking to you or listening to you, I'm like, oh, wow, this is the, all the, the possibilities open up. The other thing about like, something that I do, I always forget to cancel things. All my subscriptions that were free. Oh, yes. And I use yeah. it for six months. And I think there's this thing about being reminded at the time when I'm able to cancel. So I will, like, I stop doing reminders because, like, I mm. forget the reminders. Yeah. But it will be, like, 9.15, which is, like, the time after I drop off the kids. I'm, like, by myself holding the phone. Yeah. And then cancel Hewlett Packard free ink or something. Yeah. I'll have those notes. I think, yeah, I have a running, if you're trying to focus and then suddenly it's like, oh, you should look up this thing on Amazon or you should return this Amazon thing or you should cancel this. And I feel that whole productivity thing. It's like the big rocks and the gravel and the sand. Right. It's, these are sand right. things that will take up your life if you let them. So I'll just, I literally will have a, lit, a notebook by me at all times and I'll just write them down as I think of them. So let's just say you have a, a meeting that's 25 minutes and you have 15 minutes. I'll just be like, okay, let me just take care of these right now. These are the extra things and the extra time that you find throughout the day. So let's just say you're in your car waiting to pick up your kid or you just pick them up and you have some time. That's when you do those things, not when you sit down at your desk and like you're actually right, trying right. to get focused work done. It's like in the in-between times. I'll be like trying to focus and then suddenly I'm like, how did I get here? I love how you're speaking my language and my husband does not understand this, but what yeah. are you doing all day? I'm like, I don't know, I was so busy, but it's just busy getting context switching. The notebook that you're talking about, is it like a dedicated notebook to those things or is it like your planner plus other things? Oh, it's things? just like the plan. It's just a planner with a side, like a it's literally just a planner with an open space on the side. And I just write it in there. Is this also best self call? Yeah. Or is it a different one? It's yeah. best self. Mm -hmm. Journal, self planner, either of those. I actually work with both of them depending on what I'm working on. 
when I'm like in deep focus and I'm trying to work on something like a project, I'll be self-journal. But if it's like generally organizing my life and my time, I'll have a planner depending on the quarter of the year, like what I'm focused on. But here's a great ADHD story. So my wife one day, I'm like feeling like really tired. And I'm like, I think I'm gonna have an early night. I might like sauna and then I'll have an early night because I'd done a bunch of stuff earlier in the day. And I'd cut the grass earlier in the day. Actually, I'd cut the grass and then the battery died on the machine. So the, the lawnmower is sitting out there. So I'm like, I'm going to go put this on and then I'm going to get ready for bed. Five minutes later, she's looking at it. I'm like cutting the grass and she's like, what is going on here? And as far as she knew, I went out to turn on the sauna and then now I'm cutting the grass. It made no sense. And so she comes out and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I saw the lawnmower here as I was walking back to the house and it was like, the battery was charged, so I figured I'll just like finish it and then put the drill. <laughs> In her mind, she's, this is like ADHD to the extreme. You also shared how you've tried every app, but then you think nothing beats paper and pen. And I feel the same way. I'm embracing more pen and paper. Is that the case still for you? Maybe that was a, an, an old tweet, but do you yeah, do I mean, like I... your planner with paper? Yeah, I will sit down on a Sunday and write everything down. And I can put it into the computer later. But I also feel like day to day, I can close an app and forget all about it. Whereas if I literally physically write down what I'm doing every day, and it's sitting in front of me wherever I am, it's much more difficult to get sidetracked because I can see it physically in front of me. Whereas I'll, I'll close the tab or close the app or whatever and then also like just scoring off that I did something or taking it I'm like oh great like the physical doing it it means so much more than like checking a box on an app I'll write things that I just did just like across them all for sure (laughs) yeah I love how you are also known I think now as the the plunge lady like you had this whole thing and I think I started following right when you had the sketches and you were like, I just I went to Home Depot. And was that project a very special project? Or you're usually, okay, I'm going to figure things out. And I'm going to create this whole new construction over this thing that I want to build. It came about. I always wanted an in-ground coal plunge. I've done the chest freezer, which is basically like a bathtub, which I also have the stock tank tubs. But it's so hot. And the idea of jumping into a plunge. Because right. I saw Tony Robbins' video way back years ago where he started his day like that. I'm like, that looks amazing. I want that. But I also didn't want to pay like a ton of money for it because I talked to a couple of people. It was like, oh, it's gonna be at least like $20,000 minimum. Wow. And I was like, no, actually, I was just like, I could just figure out how to put it together. So it's all kind of a project I need to sit down and finish is like, all the pieces that went into it because it's just I'm ordering this from a pool supply thing and it's just like all over the place but essentially it's a plastic tub in the ground with a pump and a filter system set up and a chiller so like the water gets pumped out through the chiller and then back in and I had a friend help me with the plumbing but I just figured out how to do the plumbing and the electrical I learned how to do electrical don't tell the city of Austin I might need a permit but <laughs> I, I basically this guy came to do like handiwork and he was I find him online and he gave me like an hourly price and then he got here and I think he was just trying to take advantage because he was like this is going to be like 200 let's just say it was like 70 60 bucks an hour or something like that and then this is like 200 like hanging a, a ring floodlight camera wiring it and 
I was like, well, you gave me an hourly price. And he was like, I could just be here all day. And I'm, he literally said that. And I was like, and my wife and I are like, okay, let's just get this guy out of here. And I'm like, I'm just going to figure out how to do this myself. And literally it took me like 20 minutes. It's not difficult wow. at all. And so then I got more into, okay, what else can I do? Sometimes it's the ADHD is we'll be going out and two and a half hours but I'm like this closet doesn't have a outlet and I think I should put one in (laughs) (laughs) which is helpful my wife likes it in the long term but sometimes I don't know where your brain goes you have a cold plunge it's oh my god I'm so jealous no it's like my favorite thing and it's funny because a a bunch of my friends have the bathtub like the plunge I guess it's called like the bathtub which I tried for the first time but another friends in Colorado and it was cool it was cold obviously it was doesn't get my cold tub doesn't get as cold as their baths just because it's so much water it's 700 gallons but you can jump into it and it's you when you stand it's like right up to both for me it's five feet deep but it's also more social because you could be in there at one time instead of the bathtub where it's one person at a time so it's been like super fun to have people come over to plunge and just hang out you got to come visit and you can try it (laughs) That's the thing that I noticed about you and how you work. You are all about building this relationships. So and you think about the social aspect of the things that you do. You talked about in one of your, maybe it was a tweet or maybe it was in your newsletter. You need to get in the right rooms, like getting in the right rooms, investing in relationships long-term and I to get your thoughts on how do you identify these rooms that you want to be in? How do you get in? I've noticed in your feed, you have this like wonderful community in Austin. Um, and I think you are not from Austin, like you moved from New York. How did you like identify those communities that you wanted to be in? I don't have a specific structure. I think for a long time, I was just like, I didn't come from a, being an entrepreneur. I was like an architect. And so I had a very different background. And so for me, I was like insecure with my skills and So I wouldn't ask for anything, but I would just try to help people if and where I could. And that showed up in different ways as far as, you know, if I saw something on someone's website, I would ping them or like literally like very small things. And I don't have a very like system. It was just like help people when they need it or even if they don't ask for it and then be somewhat normal (laughs) as far as I like... (laughs) I think by doing interesting things and like just following your curiosities, like people are interested in that. I don't literally like networking. I like to, if I go to an event, I'll talk, I'll connect with a couple of people and then I'm fine. Like I'll literally Irish eggs and get out of there. I won't say goodbye. I'll just leave. And so I think like just building, going deeper with people rather than trying to meet as many people as you can because like then nobody remembers you. And then also just there's small talk and then just really like, being open with people and like sharing I've been pretty open in my newsletter and also on Twitter of things that would seem negative on the outside oh, I, uh, I had a business partner issue I uh, had this guy steal from me here's the story behind that and here's how you can avoid it so it's always like I'll figure something out and then help other people not make the same mistakes I did and I think that is was just like seen as helpful for people who were starting because sometimes people gatekeep information or they don't want to look stupid and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing most of the time and I'll just share that because if I hide it, I'll still not know what I'm doing and no one will help me. It comes down to attitude sometimes. Like people know it's it's virtual and all of this is, is online, but people notice or feel the attitude of people 
through the stuff they post and share. I definitely agree that you're not a gatekeeper of information, like you're openly sharing stuff. And one of the things that you share recently or maybe a while back was a habit tracker that I think I downloaded was like the first thing that I, I signed up for and that you sent mm. me this beautiful Google Doc. Another thing was this VA guide or plan. You said like you worked with VAs for like over 10 years. I've started working with the VAs, maybe like it's my fourth year and it's amazing. I, like, mm -hmm. I love being able to think that I don't have to do it all myself. Yeah. So I wanted to just get your thoughts and just learn from you since you've been doing this for so long. How did that start? Because 10 years ago, that's way back. Mm -hmm. I recently learned about this maybe four years ago, but how did that start and maybe like how that evolved? Like what's your relationship now with like your VAs or your VA now compared to before? Yeah, it hasn't been the same VA for 10 years. I There was a VA that I worked with for a good chunk of that time, but I think I started in what, 2012 when I started my first Shopify store and I basically just needed help with like formatting images and managing customer service, things like that. And I would get better over time because at the beginning you're like, oh, this is a trash VA, like they don't know what they're doing. But oftentimes if someone's not doing it, it's because you do you're not giving them the right instructions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, have I given them the information that they need to be able to get the job done? Mm. If you keep doing that and they're not picking up on attention to detail, I do think when you hire, you just have to test them a little bit at the beginning. So you're getting an idea of how they look at things. And then as you work, as annoying as it is, like the front loading of, okay, I'm bringing on a VA, you need to be very hands-on it's not like you can just delegate and just walk away. That's more like abdicating your responsibility. And so I think you have to put in a lot of time at the start. And then there's always this thing like, oh, it's just quicker if I do it. Whereas if you just explain, hey, here's how to use ChatGPT for this and help her like be more efficient using. So she doesn't like if I have tools, I'm not going to gatekeep those from her. And I'll ask her to do something. And then I'm like, by the way, you could use ChatGPT for this. And here's a good prompt you could use. And, and then I'll sometimes I'll do something myself and then I'll sh share the chat tab so that she can see how I used it to figure something out. And so how do you train someone to think how you would think so that they're going to be better able to handle so stuff? And so it's not like a, a two week thing. You'll onboard them. It's teaching them how you think and then also sometimes I'm like look I am not married to this system if you figure out a way to do this better there's no I don't care <laughs> I just want it done and I and if you would prefer or you think it's easier to do it this way that's totally fine I just want the end result I don't care when you do it or how you do oh it oh my god the, those you you've hit the the right spots like the training like the a proper onboarding and the maybe you have a better way it's amazing. And I think that this is the next thing that I want to evangelize people. Oh my God, consider getting help because this is going to change your life. Have you done the personal user manual? When I start working with someone, I'll send them that. It's just like your working style. And I would, with my best self team, I would send it also. It's basically, this is my expectations. And here's how to win with me, essentially. And there's things in there. I... My point of view is that everything is fine until you tell me it's not. So if you're sitting waiting for me to come to you with something, 
that you have not come to me about. I have too much going on and I will not know. So like my COO, the last thing, when he read this user manual, he he came to me about something and we cleared it up right away. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't have known to do that if you hadn't have given me this thing, oh, which is wow. to basically look, I have a million things going on at one time. So if there's something you want to address with me, just come to me and say it. Don't build resentment or not tell me something because you think that I need to come to you. It's like the same in in any relationship. It's just like being able to tell someone what you need. Then they can actually give it to you instead of you building up resentful. Oh, they should be able to like read my mind. It's like everyone has their own stuff going on. Same way as if I had an issue with you, I would come to you instead of being like, they're going to get that I'm bothered with them. And then the only person being hurt there is yourself. The user manual, I don't think it, it's not a static document that's not changing. It's like, like an appliance user manual gets an update sometimes and they'll update the manuals. Like the same for us. If we change, we can update that accordingly. So it doesn't need to be perfect. And this is the final version of me. I hope not. I hope I I'm not. It's, it's my perfection itself. Like I want to make it and make it good. And I think about making it good and I don't make it at all. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I've been there. <laughs> Another thing that I want to do is I create this like test projects just to see, like you said, how do they think and how do they see and like their taste level? Because yeah. it's all about taste and like judgment. Mm -hmm. What are some, in your experience, good simple tasks or simple projects where you can get a pretty good feel? I don't know, Canva, like writing a social post. What are some kind of all well-rounded activities that you ask a BA for to get a taste? I think in the job application to start, I used to have this whole like Gmail filter system where it was like, if you're interested, send me an email with this subject line. If they didn't put that subject line in, I would just, it would literally go to trash. And the only time I would mm -hmm. like ever look in the trash is if I was, if it was a designer, because I'm like, that's like a different creative brain and I don't really care if they have a good portfolio. That's what I'll like look at more. Well, actually for that, for them, I would say, link your portfolio and if they didn't link anything at all in the mm -hmm. email then I it would go to trash it's dependent on the type of role that you're looking for mm -hmm. so if it's a an assistant that you need to do a bunch of different let's say i'm planning a trip and i don't want to think mm -hmm. about anything it's just, i need to go to this place this weekend find me some options and do an agenda actually let me this is an actual test i get but it was a u.s based assistant a few years ago I was moving from uh, New York to Austin and I didn't have my driving license at the time. And I'm like, how do I get my stuff there? Because any moving company, it takes a few weeks for your stuff to get there because right. basically they pack it with other people's stuff for the economies of scale of price. And then if you had a company that needed, that only had your stuff, it was like super expensive, like $15,000. Right. And I'm like, there's mm. not stuff even worth that. So I was like, I wonder if you could just, I can rent a truck and I can rent a driver and the driver will drive the oh, truck. Wow. So I figured that out, which you can actually do. And then, wow. was, so I did that part and then I was hiring an assistant. I'm like, okay, here's the Google doc problem is my flight gets in on Friday morning, but my stuff arrives on Thursday afternoon. Help me figure out how I get the stuff unpacked from the truck into the apartment the, and then with this budget, which I forget what the budget was. And so I, I was going between two people at the end and they basically like 
put a plan together and, and one of them like made calls and like pretty much set everything up. And, and wow. then I was like, okay, you're hired, do that. Wow. And then it was just like figuring out, and that was actually something I needed. So it was like sometimes coming up with like, random tasks that you don't actually need in the moment. It's harder to be like, would right, I be happy right. with this? But if you can figure out stuff in your actual life that you need, um, that's a good way to do it. Right I now, also- the, the task is the show notes for a podcast episode. Mm. And it's uh, like creating, I'll give them the Canva template. I'll show them how to do the images. And cause it's not hard to do, but it requires like just a sensibility with design, yeah. colors, like symmetry. And it's so interesting. People don't get it right. Yeah, sometimes with design is tricky because if you don't know this is not good, then I can't help you. We hired a video guy a few years ago and he was also going to do some photos for us for like product shots and he sent the first product shots back and it was like so bad that I'm like, mm. I don't even know. It was like there was a like a weird towel in the background of one. If you don't know that this is bad, then there's too much right. space. There's a gap between like where you are and where right. you need to be and I cannot fill that with instruction because I don't have time. And so that's one thing and then i remember in my architecture job that my old bosses they would get like resumes in all the time for like architecture students that wanted to work there and one day they i'm seeing them like look through this resume and they basically were like no and i was just curious i'm like oh why not just curious and they were like they use this font and if they don't know that this font's not a good font then they're not our people. You having a background in, in architecture makes you perfect for everything that's going on in today's like creator economy. You have a little bit of presentation skills, design, sensibility. I'm having trouble like finding people that mm. can do a little bit of everything. And I don't want to manage five different people. Yeah. If you had to find somebody who has design taste, can write, where would you go find them? Is it like Fiverr? I don't know, online jobs. Where do you go for those people? Even when I was at Best Self, I was trying to replace myself for the longest time of like, <laughs> how do I find someone that thinks product, but then also right. I don't have to give them a brief. They could be like reading a book about personal development and been like, oh, this could be like a framework that could be a product that I could create and then just go do it, which is what I would do. Yeah. And I find it like so hard. Like I still... Impossible. It was just like a few different people that were helping, but it was hard. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could find like architects that are not making that much money <laughs> that like know all this stuff. And have ADHD. Could, like, <laughs> yeah. Or don't have ADHD and can like actually get stuff done. No, I really do think that the whole connecting super random things. Yeah. Coming I'll, up with, oh, what if I get I feel a like, truck driver? All of that. It's, I don't it's, think that I put together that was an ADHD thing until now. No, I will come up with ideas that like nobody has thought of. And to me, it's so obvious. And it's like right there, like beaming. And then I was like, oh, wow. How did you think of that? And it's not the ADHD, but like something about how our brains are awake and absorbing all of these things. And somehow it gets processed and something weird comes out and that weird can be good or like yeah. a big well, blocker. Think, yeah, you have, you're almost like a contextualizer because you can pull right. things in from a lot of different places. Yeah, I definitely have that and it, it's helped me a ton with, even with relationships, 
it in random ways. You'll just notice mm. things and like the art of noticing. I just feel that we're better at it. And um, I love that term, the art of noticing. Yeah. So like the even you noticing the art of noticing. <laughs> it's a funny thing, but I don't I know like we're we're over time. Two more things. One was you talked about this like mastermind group that you were part of and wanted to get your tips on what connects people, right? In your experience with masterminds. I think the best the best events I've been to like create time to create connections. So it's like icebreakers are a great way to connect or something they did mastermind talks, which was really interesting is I me, mean, Jason's wizard with this stuff is that you would be sitting at, at any event, you would be sitting at a table with people that he's curated why you're there, but you don't know why you're there. You don't know why you're sitting next to these people, but there's a reason you just don't know what it is. And so it'll come out of conversation and be like, oh, I'm going through this thing. It's really interesting because it's just like commonalities that maybe people are going through a rough time and they'll put you at the same table. Like I was going through a divorce 2017 and the people I was at a table with were also going through some personal <laughs> things. But it was actually like, because how you go deep with people and like connection is, is like when you're vulnerable and like when you can actually totally. talk about real things. And I think like you don't have to go that deep. But uh, a year or two ago, I put together dinner in Austin. And my friend UJ, who was actually created the five minute journal, him and I like were like, OK, you invite three or four people and I'll invite three or four people. Oh, and so wow. it came to this thing. And I brought at the time we had our icebreaker deck was just coming out and I just grabbed it and brought it with me. So actually there's probably like 10 people at this dinner. And so we're sitting down and there's all these different categories for what to talk about. And the red category was like going deep. And, it, and I think one of the first people got one of those cards. And so then it became a challenge. It was like everyone had to <laughs> choose a red card. And at that dinner, everyone connected so much more because suddenly you're talking about real things it's not mm. oh what do you do and you're like right. talking about real experiences that you had that like generally will bring people closer together because now you know them really instead of just oh what do you do or what are you good at it's just oh what are you struggling with right now or, or something like mm -hmm. that and so I think creating time for connection and that could be like icebreakers some um, unstructured and some more structured yeah. it sounds like yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what was actually, the, do you remember uh, the icebreaker deck? I might get it. The icebreaker deck? Yeah. It's called icebreaker deck. It's called, it's just called icebreaker deck, <laughs> but it's the best self product. So I'm still oh. self promotional, but we created it as like a framework to help people connect with their friends. And then there's another game that I heard about that I just played when we were in Spain. Basically, you hold your five fingers up and it's, what do you like? Thumb is, what do you like most about yourself? How do friends describe you? What's your biggest pet peeve? What are you most committed to? And one unique fact about yourself. Oh, and wow. So I love that. You could just that. do that where you go around in a, in a table and share that about yourself. And that alone will help people connect. Last thing, Catherine, like I know you are probably building things and working on things. What's next for you? I know that you on your website, you had this newsletter to help entrepreneurs and I don't know if you have anything, any groups that you're mentoring. I would love to be part of it if you have, but I think at your heart, you work with entrepreneurs, helping people become one. What's uh, next for you? So I don't know what's next for me. I, I was testing out a business idea that I decided not to go with. 
recently, which I'm happy about because it's one last thing. But my goal is I want to build something else. I just don't know what that's going to be yet. And rather than rush into it, I think I'm just going to keep following my curiosities and what I'm interested in. And, and hopefully it will come up because that's pretty much how everything else has started before. Mm. And I think I was like trying to rush into, okay, what's the next thing? Because I do working on something and I do building things, but I need it to make sure it's aligned with what it is I want to do. Catherine, this was so fun and I learned a ton, like so many things I want to explore after the call. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming.